0: Okay, um, if I can have everybody's attention, and some of you in the back also need to uh, pay attention. If you've got Logos, how many of y'all have Logos Bible software on your on your on your laptop? How many of y'all? And I don't want you to be. Uh, I don't want any pseudo humility here. How many of y'all would classify yourselves as somewhat close to being a Logos power user? One, two, two of you. How many of you would like to be a Lagos power user? Everybody would like to be a Lagos power user. And and there's Pastor Perkins. All right. He's a power user. So, okay, how many of you all have been to a Lagos camp with Morris Proctor? Okay, how many of you have been to more than one Lagos camp with Morris Proctor? Good, good. Well, how many of you have been to one... Uh, with Morris Proctor on Logos 6. What? That's where I come. That, Yeah, and I've been through one, well, through the, through both the, the, Camp 1 and Camp 2 with, on, on Logos 6. So, anyhow, what I want to do, uh, today and tomorrow, here's how the schedule's going to run during the lunchtime. We call this a brown bag lunch, so you can grab your lunch somewhere, go to Ampuki's, go down the street somewhere, swim through the intersections, grab your burger or something, come back and uh, set up, and we will uh, uh, work on some some skills in Lagos. What uh, typically happens is, uh, uh, okay, uh, what typically happens, hey, Ray, what, what typically happens is that now I want to introduce uh, two people here to you, uh, Anthony, yes. right, and what's your last name, Anthony? Ortiz, yep. Anthony's here. He's a Lagos rep, and they're going to offer a fifty percent discount. Right? We're <laughs> <laughs> offering a twenty percent conference-only discount. Okay. Through Friday evening. Yeah. Right. So that that's a great deal. Is that that covering anything? Uh, yep, resources, yep. collections, anything. anything? So that that that's a great deal. We do this every year, and he's going to give a demo in the morning. So if you're not sure about Logos or you're relatively new, uh I usually I compare it this way that that a lot of guys have Logos. Logos is the most powerful I think biblical research on, uh, tool available. And uh, and it's it's like a Rolls-Royce. But I find that a lot of pastors get to where they can use it to kind of do what they do and they stop. They, they don't figure out how you can do a lot more stuff. And even when I go to Camp 1 or Camp 2, or I talk to John Brummett, all of a sudden he's doing stuff that, man, I never realized I could do that. And it so improves what you're doing, makes it so much more efficient. And you can do things you never thought you could do in terms of Bible study that, that what we find out is, is a lot of pastors have a Rolls Royce sitting in their garage, but they're getting going out there... And they're getting a tr- getting on a tricycle, and and they don't want to exploit the tremendous potential they have in Logos Bible Software. So what we're trying to do is just sort of you know up your up your uh, game a little bit. And if um, I don't see anybody here who can do this for me, um, but I will get a sign up sheet uh, for for y'all. And what one of the things that Logos does is they've got something called Faith. Faith Life. How many of y'all are familiar with Faith Life? Okay, one, 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 two, or three of you. One of the things you can do on Faith Life is you can create uh, pr- private groups. So we have a Dean Bible Ministries pastor group. And one of the ways in which this works is let's say uh, I create a visual filter. And this is something I've done and it's out there on the page. And it's a visual filter that identifies who you're looking for, Ann? Ann? Ann, I'm talking to you. Who are you looking for? Barb. Ann's looking for you, Barb. It's called the power of the pulpit, Ann. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what 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 I do is I create a visual filter that I, I'll show you in just a minute. That, that that Barb, Ann's out here looking for you. Okay, pastors have to do everything. Okay. Uh, what it does is it, we created a series of, of color codes. Years and years ago, a pastor, a friend of mine, he wasn't a pastor then, he didn't know Greek, I didn't know Greek, but, but as we were listening to Bible classes, the pastor would say, well, this is a present active indicative or a perfect passive subjunctive or whatever. And one of the things we did, we'd color code all the verbs. So all the perf- present tense verbs were yellow and all the aorist tense verbs were were um, uh, uh, red and all of the uh, future tense were green, things like that. And so we color-coded and we had all these little symbols we'd put in there and we'd color-code everything. Well, I created a visual filter that color-codes the whole New Testament. And what's great about that is no matter how much, how well you know Greek, you don't spot things, you spot color-coding. You can look at a paragraph that fills a whole page and you see 20 yellow verbs and in the middle of them is a red verb. And you go, why is that red verb there? So it's really a neat thing to do. So I, I take that visual filter, I post it to the to the, I share it to the that website, and and then anybody who's a member of that group can download that. Now once you've downloaded it, it's shareable. Let's say I go in and I change something, then that automatically uploads and revises. So we can do this with uh, passage lists. We can do this with notes. For example, uh, Art Booze, who works with uh, Morris Proctor has taken all the transcripts of everything that I've taught and he's put that into one long note file. And you can download th- that note file, and that becomes a shareable document. Every time Art updates it, then that automatically gets updated on, on your laptop. So if you go to Genesis 1-1, you see the transcript for the lesson I taught on, on Genesis 1-1. And so when we get a bunch of guys together and we're sharing things, like John Brummett, has a whole, he's going to talk about this tomorrow, a whole bunch of passage lists he's created. For example, one's a passage list that has all the passages in the New Testament related to the, I mean in the Bible, related to the Millennial Kingdom. And the way he did that was that he went to some things like Ryrie's uh, basic theology and several other things that had chapters or sections in the in theologies on the Millennial Kingdom, and then you highlight that chapter, and then you can import just the verses from that chapter into a passage list. And then the next time you want to update that, you go to another resource. You go to something like uh, Chafer's Systematic Theology or uh, some other book, and you add passages there, and it cleans itself up. And it puts everything in biblical order and it doesn't duplicate, it, it cancels out duplication of verses. So, this is a great tool. Every time anybody in the group adds to that millennium passage group or li- passage list, then it automatically updates. So, this way everybody benefits from each other's kind of work and it's a nice cooperative venture, and those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. But, in order to become a member of the um, uh this pastor study group i need to have your email address so you can be sent an email to invite you to that group so we'll send along uh, a little group a little uh uh, sign-up sheet so that you can you can do that all right one of the things that i want to talk about first of all because i put this up on this on the screen is uh, a new feature that lagos has called lagos now and uh uh Anthony if you or John if I cover anything and you want to add to it just raise your hand and and uh we'll we'll go to you as well if you and, and you might help if you wanted to show something come up here but in Lagos Log, has this new system called Lagos Now and it's uh uh Anthony's back here John Brummett. raise your hand John John's pastor of uh what is it, Grace Bible Church Free Grace Bible, Free Grace Bible, Bible. Bible Church in Richardson Texas and he's he's another he's got some great things he does w- with uh, lagos, and he'll be covering things tomorrow uh, during this this lunch break as well. so we're going to be just honing in on you know just a few more power user type things that you can uh, uh, come to understand well anyway here's the page you go to it's uh, Logos dot com slash now okay is that a backs I can never remember what's a backslash what's a front slash? slash that's a forward slash okay uh... i can't even see it from here Okay, Uh, yeah i can't see that from here my eyes aren't that good uh... forward slash now and that takes you to the logos now page you sign up for that and you automatically get billed uh... what is it eight ninety five a month and what they're doing is they're generating new features new tools new reports that automatically go into your logos every month there's new new things that 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 come out and if you go to this page, they have some uh, some some little uh, videos that show you how to use this. so it's, this is a uh, concordance feature that's that's now in your will show up under your uh, tools menu. Now, most of you think you know what a concordance is. A concordance is a list of words that you find in your Bible. Well you can generate biblical concordances from any version you have in your bible if you're interested in studying the message i hope not um then <laughs> you're at the wrong conference uh no if you're interested in studying uh, any any you can pull that bible in and it will give you a word list of every word that's in that bible and word frequency and then you can click on that 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 root word and it'll give you a list of all the, the cognates for it and everything but it goes further than that you can do that with the hebrew text you can do that with the greek text Let's say you want to find out how Lewis, what words Lewis Berry Chafer talked about, what Greek words he had in his Systematic Theology. So you, you can go to uh, Lewis Barry Chafer's Systematic Theology. You can create a concordance, which doesn't take long, cut two or three minutes. It generates a complete concordance of all the Greek words that Lewis Berry Chafer talked about in Systematic Theology. So if you were studying, uh, let's say, I want to see what he has to say about dikaiosune for righteousness and you can generate a uh, the concordance will generate a Greek list of all the Greek words Chafer uses and you can click on Dekaiasune and go see what Chafer said about Dekaiasune in Chafer's Systematic Theology. And you can do some other things, you can do it with commentaries, you can do it with any book that you have in your library. You can create a concordance of that particular book. So that allows you to do a lot of different kinds of searches for data that you you may not be aware of. Then uh, you have another item here, Old Testament propositional uh, outlines. I have not looked at that one yet, but that's another one of the data sets that they've got out. Then you have a media browser tool that allows you to look at all of the media that is in Lagos. You've got some videos in Lagos, you've got images in Lagos, charts, things like that, and you can search all of those different images and find things. And if you use PowerPoint or Keynote, if you're really in the kingdom, then um, <laughs> then y- this will help you in terms of your presentations. Bruce. Does this media browser search your library, or does it search Logos or can you make it, I mean, everything, you know, in the Logos store or can you make it do either? John? I think it does both. That's I think okay. there's a lot of additional information out there on the web that it pulls from. Okay, it can also pull from a lot of stuff on the web. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. It can search your library. What we're looking at is a media browser. It can search your library. It can search the web and what else?
1: Oh, it's it pulls from the cloud because Lagos
0: has a lot of older books that are not in Lagos and it'll also search those that are up on the cloud in Lagos. So that pulls a lot Rick. Search your transcripts. Hmm? Search your transcripts. Uh, the media browser won't because there's no media in my transcripts. Not, concordance. <laughs> the concordance. The um, concordance. I don't know. Will it, search, will it search your note file? Can the concordance search your note file? Um, I have to look at that. I have to get back to you now. that I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, these are, and they've got and uh, they've got a couple of more that things that are coming out. In fact, I've been trying to update to the beta, John, since you know I crashed it the other day when I was talking to you. It took me ten minutes to reload it, so that was no problem. And once I talked to a logos guy to work me through it, but um, yeah, John's got some stuff that he's got in his beta version that I haven't been able to get into my beta version. But that's what's coming out. A beta version is for people who are who are willing to risk their computer to run, uh, uh, you know, test beta form, beta versions of of, uh, of Lagos. So anyway, that's that's a cool thing to be aware of, and I, I encourage you to to keep updated. That that when you learn about these, and the trouble is that a lot of there, some of this stuff's so new, there's no real video instruction out there, which is kind of what I wanted. Uh, John and me to uh, talk about, uh, or John and I to talk about, or John wanted, to, wanted me, John and me to talk about. Okay, here we are. Here's Logos Bible Software, and I wanted to just talk about a particular word. Now I'm going to be uh, teaching on uh, Romans 10:9 tomorrow night, so I thought, well, we'll just go to Romans 10:9 and use that as a test case. And Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So let's say we're looking at a word, at a, at a phrase like this, and we want to talk about, about the meaning of the word righteousness. Okay, so you want to search on the word righteousness, you want to start doing a word study, and we want to, uh, we'll do a right mouse click on the word righteousness, and you may not know Greek or Hebrew. You don't have to ha- necessarily... You are uh, Maybe you do know Greek or Hebrew. Whether you do or not, you don't need to know Greek or Hebrew to search Greek or Hebrew. You do a right mouse click and it gives you all kinds of options in this... uh, uh I never remember... Uh, Anthony, what's this pane called? I never remember. When, when I do a right mouse click on a word, it opens up this pane... In, in, okay, information painting. Typically will be on the right-hand side. But right. That way you have so to you can on look level. on the word righteousness in English up here, or you can go down here where it has the Greek word uh, dikaiosune, which is the lemma. that's always got this little circle next to it, which uh, get, is based on their little uh, uh, visual graphic they do on the various uh, nuances of a word. So let's say we want to look at... Uh, at, at just the word dukaiosune. We may want to look that up in various uh, various lexica. So here I have a list of, I uh, won't we'll talk about how we get these into uh, this window, but these are the various uh, top five lexica that I look to when I'm doing a word study. But one of the uh, tools is Lonida. Now, I've been a little suspicious of Lonida basically because I'm suspicious of Eugene Nida. And uh, if those of you who don't know who Eugene Nida is, um, how many of y'all know what dynamic equivalent translations are? Okay, some of you don't. Uh, when you translate from one language to another, there's basically two different ways you can you can do a translation. You can give a a very rigid, strict, literal word for word translation, or you can give a more idiomatic, looser translation. For example, if you know anything about, uh, but but not everything will translate over from the original language into the target language simply because there may not be something comparable in the target language. For example, if you're German and you are meeting someone and um, and you want to ask them how they're doing. Uh, you would uh, normally say Vigate as Enen." ihnen is a formal ter- word for you, for uh, second person singular. In German also has a familiar form, do. And in some places in Germany, it's be- the language has become more informal, and so you would say Vigate's do. If you're in Switzerland, you would probably only use the informal second person singular to someone who's in your family or a very close friend. So, um, if you're talking to, uh, somebody and you are saying, how, how are you doing? You may, uh, translate it word for word. It would be, how are things going? Because gain is the verb there and it means to go. So, literal translation would be, how are things going with you, sir, if it's the formal? Uh, if it's informal, you might say, how are you doing? See, that's looser. It's become idiomatic. Or you might just say, how's it hanging? So that's how you might translate things into a more, um, or, or what's the haps, brother? You know, you get it more uh, informal and more idiomatic. Uh, so Eugene Nida is sort of the father of the dynamic equivalents like what I've to as the New International Commentary. Uh, the NIV really isn't a translation, it's more of a commentary and it reflects the theological biases of the tra- translator. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, in the Greek you have the words sarkinos and sarkikos which the root meaning is flesh, and I think that refers to the sin nature, But in the NIV, they're translated as world. But world is usually a translation of cosmos, not flesh. So there you get a real insight into the the sanctification model of the translator in the NIV. He has given you a commentary. He hasn't translated the text, in my opinion. So that's dynamic equivalents, and, and the message is one of the more extreme, the living uh, translation. These are more the extreme dynamic equivalents, and Eugene Nida is the father of dynamic equivalent translations, and that's not a good thing in my opinion. So uh, I've always been suspicious, but what we have here in, with the Loneida is a, is a tool that does help us understand uh, something called semantic domains. Uh, semantic domains. Any word has a range of meanings. Some words have only one or two meanings. Other words have several different meanings. So let's say that you are you are working in a particular passage or, or something, and you come upon a word you want to investigate. And I've got one. I'm going to open right here. Here's the Oxford uh, English Dictionary, and see it. Op- the last thing I looked at was word. If you look up the word "word" in the beginning was the word. Well, what does the word "word" mean? Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, there are six different nuances to the noun "word," and then we had the verb "word," which uh, has two basic uh, pa- basic nuances. So you have to decide when you're looking at a passage which which meaning is is John, does John intend in that particular passage. Now, when you look at, at, at different words, they, their, their meanings may be very, very different from each other. For example, if you were to look at the English word trunk, and you, if you just saw the English word trunk, you might think that, well, that's talking about the back end of a car, what the British refer to as a boot, and that where you store things, that's the trunk of a car. But then you have another meaning that refers to the uh, main stem of a plant or a tree, the trunk of a tree. Well, the trunk of a tree is a very different concept from the trunk of a car. Then a third meaning might be a large storage locker that may be transportable. And I remember my mother had one of these from back when she was in college that never got opened in their house until after they were they were dead. So uh, you may have the same kind of experience. So you have three different word meanings for the word trunk, don't you? Well, if you're talking about trunk as a storage locker that's transportable, then when you look that word up and the synonyms for that word, they're going to be a different group of synonyms then, if you look the word "trunk" in terms of this main stem of a tree, those are two completely different nuances, and you 're going to have one set of of synonyms for the first one and another set of synonyms for the second one so this is what uh, in the in the uh, low Nida dictionary this is what they 've done is that they have uh, isolated these words into uh, into different uh, different semantic domains, so one semantic domain for the word trunk would be that related to a storage locker, a suitcase, luggage, baggage, those kinds of words, and then another semantic domain would be the stem of a tree. so you might have trunk or stem or something like that that would be uh, that semantic domain. so when you 're working with with the uh, uh, with the text of of scripture then you're going to want to look at what those domains are. So if we went back here to the New King James, and let's just look up, um, uh, go back to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. If I select Word and go down to Loneida, that's thirty three, one hundred. Okay, is that, there we go, click on that. And that opens this up. Let me see if I can enlarge it a little bit so we're not straining our eyes too much. Okay, that takes us to 33,100. Now, if you look at the way Lonida is organized, we have... They took all the words that are in the Bible and they lumped them into 93 categories. And each one of those categories has subcategories. So if we go to 33, this is called communication. So you have all the words that are used in the Bible are summarized under these. So you have communication under subcategory language, subcategory with the nuance of word or passage, uh, subcategory discourse types, subcategory language levels, and then down here, F is uh, to to speak. So if we look at at that, and then there's there's more under that going all the way down to uh, D prime. So that's about uh, what thirty or thirty one different ca- subcategories just to communication. And what you may find is that any given English word is going to be may be in the dictionary more than one time. For example, in 33.100, which is what we're looking at, you have logos, meaning a title for Jesus in the Gospel of John as a reference to the content of God's revelation, as a verbal echo of the use of the verbs meaning to speak in Genesis 1 and in many utterances of the prophets. Okay, that's one meaning, uh, but in under 33, communication, 3399 lists logos with the sense of the act of speaking, uh, speaking, or speech. So any given Greek word may be listed a number of different times depending on the semantic domain. Is everybody confused? Is anybody confused? Okay, glad you're, you're, you're following along. So this is one of the things that's very, very helpful when we're going through Uh, uh, biblical study now what I always say whenever you look at any lexica whether it's uh, Bauer, Arnton, Gingrich, Danker or I guess it's Bauer, Bauer, Danker, Arnton, Gingrich now um, or whether it's Kittel especially Kittel or Colin Brown's New International Dictionary of New Testament Theology and Exegesis or whatever it might be you always need to make sure you can confirm the meaning of those words by looking at how the word is used a dictionary only doesn't tell you what a word means from an objective absolute position uh, a dictionary is the product of a lexicographer who's doing the same thing that we're doing he's looking at a variety of uses and he's summarizing what the meaning of those of that word may be by looking at that field of meaning but there are a lot of mistakes i've i find mistakes or things that i disagree with very strongly for example, in Bauer, Danker, Arndt, and Gingrich, which is your ultimate one, the most obvious is their word "glossa," which is the word translated "tongues," and they list three meanings in in um, in, in the lexica. Now, if you're a Bible student and you want to know the meaning of the word for the Greek word behind the translation "tongues," then you're you're pretty much concerned about the whole issue of the spiritual gift. Uh, of languages. Okay, so you're going to try, you're trying to understand how glosa is used in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 and in Acts chapter 2, primarily in the New Testament, maybe Acts, um, uh, Acts 8 and Acts, uh, Acts chapter uh, 11, 10 and 11. So if you look at this, and you're looking at, at the word glossa, you say, okay, I want to know what this word means. So you go to, uh, well, let's just do this and I'll show it to you. You go to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 8, um, and you look at tongues, okay, and you go down, and you find out, okay, this is the Greek word glossa here. I'm going to look this up in Bauer, Danker, Arnton, Gingrich. And it says that the first meaning is to refer to an organ of speech. That's that thing that lies behind your teeth. Okay, it's the physical organ of your tongue. So glossa is used in most passages. Whenever you look at a dictionary, they rank meaning according to uh, predominance of usage. So the first meaning is the most common meaning. Second meaning is the second most common. Third, the third most common, etc. The second meaning that they give for glossa is a body of words and systems that make up a distinctive language and so tongue in referring to language by the word tongue that's really an archaic English term and it just refers to a language, an organized system of communication in various different languages. But then they have a third category that an utterance outside the normal patterns of intelligible speech and therefore requiring special interpretation, that is, uh, ecstatic language, ecstatic speech. So they offer this as a third. But their biblical their biblical support for this is 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, 12, 10, 20, and 30, 1 Corinthians 13, Acts 10, Acts 19. Uh, they don't list Acts 2, uh, interestingly enough. So you have... Um, you have these passages. Well, those are the passages where you're trying to find the meaning. And what they've done is created... This is a logical fallacy. They, they've they uh, they've determined the meaning from looking at a passage they've already determined the meaning for. Okay, you don't use the, the dubious, questionable issue passage as a foundation for your category. There's no meaning of ecstatic utterance listed if you look at the... Um, if, if you look at the list there, they have one or two listed there, but they're not. Uh, they can be. They can all be challenged. If you're ever interested in studying this, read an article in Bib- Bibliotheca Sacra Dallas Seminary's journal by Wayne House on uh, on the mystery, uh, the uh, on tongues and the mystery religions in the ancient world. And I did a word study on this about, probably about 30 years ago, going through long before we had computers, going through all the uh, uses of the word glosa in and, and, and mystery, uh, and, and, and mystery literature, and it never refers to the ecstatic utterance of, for example, the Oracle of Delphi or, or any of the false religions. It's never used as a synonym for ecstatic utterance in non-biblical literature. So you can't say this is a meaning in biblical literature by using biblical literature to support your contention. The, the dubious passages. That's that's a linguistic fallacy. So anyhow, uh, just because the dictionary says it might mean X doesn't mean it does. You have to be able to do your own homework and check their data to make sure they have properly used their 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 evidence. So uh, that's one of the things. So when we look at at these passages and we want to go to uh, Lonida, we'll go back to Romans uh, ten nine and ten. And we look at the word righteousness. We're going to come down and we're going to go to the Loneida uh, number. Click there and it's going to take us to 8813, which is a subcategory of moral and ethical qualities. And their second category is just and righteous. And under that they list a number of synonyms, words that are used that somewhat cover this area of a positive uh, of a positive quality, and it's eighty-eight thirteen, uh, dekaiasune, which describes the act of doing what God requires, and then it may list one or two uh, other other passages. So Lonaida is is good for that. You can then do a right mouse click on dekaiasune, on the Greek word, and now what you're going to do is you want to select that word on the right-hand side of the window, and you're going to go over, and you want to search the Lonida Dictionary for all of the uses of Dikaios Sune. Now, let me say something about the way this uh, Lonida Dictionary is structured. The first volume lists those 93 semantic categories and all their subcategories. Then the second volume is like a regular Greek Uh, lexicon, it lists all your Greek words from alpha to omega. And so you go down and you find where dekaiasune word group is listed here, and you select that, and it gives you uh, four meanings for dekaiasune, four semantic range categories. The one we were looking at, because it's related to Romans 10, 9, and 10, is the idea of righteousness. That was 88.13. But in other contexts, it has the idea of to, to be put right with something. That would be uh, Loneida 3446. And if you put your cursor over it, you get a little tip window with, where you can look at that real quick without going to it. Uh, religious observances in 53.4 and charity in 57.11. So that's one way you can, you can look at, um, at these particular things. That's using uh, NIDA. Using now, another thing that you can do... John, are you going to, you're going you going to touch on the Bible sense. Were you going to do that tomorrow? Or if I don't... You can expand on what I say. I'll kind of introduce it. You can go down to what... Um, if you put your cursor over these options... I don't know if I've got it here. Yeah, there it is. It says righteousness as a state, as a noun. So if I select that, then... Um, I don't want to search, search this resource. Let me just get get out of this. So if I go over here, Righteousness, yeah, I go over to Righteousness, click on, go down here to this uh, Sense, and then we're going to search this resource through the Bible. This is a Bible sense lexicon, Logos developed. And now what it does is it lit, goes through uh, all of the New Testament, and now this just gives you a list of all the passages in the New Testament which uses righteousness in the same sense that it's used in Romans 10.10. Okay, so that way you're not looking at all of the other nuances to the word righteousness. You're just looking at the ones that emphasize that moral quality. Yes, sir. I, I have. That's why I said if you find something in any lexicon, night or whatever, I really haven't there because I've been, John's helped me to use this a little more. I think it has some value, especially for finding synonyms to Greek words. I think there's some other, other values to Lonida. It gives you some insight. But I'm. I, I always take everything I find in that lexicon with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean they're going to be wrong. It just means that I'm going to be aware that there may be some presuppositions that leak out in the way they analyze words. So if, uh, if, for example, if I look a word up in Kittle and uh, Kittle says something that I think is really spot on for a word and I I want to use it, I'm not going to use it just because the author, most most of the guys who wrote in Kittle are, are what we classify as 19th century liberal Protestant theologians. Most of them don't even believe the Bible is the word of God, it's just the word of man. And in fact, uh, um, Kittel was uh, was big Nazi. It was originally written in German. He was a big Nazi and he was very anti-Semitic. And when Jeff Bromley translated uh, Kittel's 10-volume uh, Theological Dictionary of the New Testament to English, he took all the anti-Semitic phrases that he found in there out, so they don't show up in your English Bible, but Kittle was, was not necessarily a good guy, but most of the articles that are in there are written by people like Bultmann and a number of others, and their theology leaks out, so if they say this word means X, got to go look and see if I can document that through work, through any other literature or through my own uh, independent word story. Same thing with Loneida. Bruce. First, what you're saying about Loneida and, and, and you know uh, B-Dag and Kittle and others, I, I was doing a quick mental review of all the lexicons that I know, and I can't think of one that I wouldn't be treating the same way. That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is all these guys are they they just know more about words than you do, but they're not they're not absolute. And when I was a student at Dallas, I'm sure this was true for Bruce when he went through seminary. Where'd you go to? Dude, Calvary- you went to Calvary. Calvary- is it that we were taught that we're going to be when we get through with our studies, we can do better work than the or as good a work as the guys who wrote these lexicons. And if you un, if you understand, you work and you study, even if you haven't gone through, through uh, uh, formal training at Dallas or whatever, you can learn. Because uh, I know guys who are very smart and learn self-taught in languages and can do good work. You can learn how to evaluate these things. And just because the lexicon says same thing, you look up a word in Webster's dictionary. Don't just go to Webster's. Go to go to Collins. Go to the OED. Go to four or five different English dictionaries, and you may find that one dictionary lists nuances that other other English dictionaries don't list. And that's what these guys are doing: is they're looking at the whole data set of how this particular word is used in English, and then they say they say, okay, what I see is five categories. Now the next guy comes along and says, I see eight categories of, of, of meaning. And so you have to look at that and weigh it and what's their evidence. You know, a lot of Bible studies, just like a detective. That's one of my, one of my ana- uh, uh, analogies is that Bible study is a lot like being a detective. You don't come on a crime scene and you've got all this evidence and you've got to figure out what the evidence says. What does it mean? And, and it's not going to give you a major premise, a minor premise, and a category. What you have to do often is figure out what fits, what explanation fits the data that's there. And there's a certain term for that kind of logic which escapes me right now, but it's not a direct kind of logic. Okay, so that's just a way you can use the, uh, LONIDA, and this is how you use this, this, uh, uh, Bible sense lexicon, and so this is great because it gives you it, it. What it does is instead of looking at at a whole range of every time the word dikaiosune is used with those four different semantic domains, now you're just looking at all of the words uh, in the New Testament where it's clearly talking about uh, righteousness in that sense of a uh, a moral or ethical quality and that now there's another way that you can you can help narrow down your searches and this is something that uh, uh, that John showed us just recently and this is uh, you can do this through the creation of a document Uh, if you go to your your menu you have three menu headings documents guides and tools and under documents you have a number of different types of documents these are listed on the left side you have bibliography clippings notes passage list Your prayer list, reading plan, sentence diagram, syntax search, visual filters, uh, word, find, puzzle, and word list. So you can create passage lists. And he's got a passage list here uh, on Millennium Passages. Now, how would you create that? Well, you go here. Let's say we're just going to call this. We're going to create a new passage list. So I click on that. Opens up Untitled Passage List. And I'm going to just call this. Um sort of a test passages on the kingdom, okay on the let's change that to on the millennium now let's say you're doing a study on something related to the um, I can't type I can't spell either okay, so Let's say you, you want to study some things like the Holy Spirit in relation to the Millennial Kingdom. Well, if you look up "spirit" and do a word study on "spirit" in the Old Testament, how many hits are you going to get? A lot. How many of them are going to be related to the kingdom? Not that many, just a few. So you 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 create a path. How would you how would you start doing this? Well, you can do something like this. You can open up. Uh, a book. You click on uh, your library and you type in, let's just do this, we'll type in author Colin Ryrie. So this is going to list all of Dr. Ryrie's books. So we'll open up Ryrie's uh, Ryrie's, uh, survey of Bible doctrine. I'm not sure if that covers all this or not, but we'll go survey of Bible doctrine. We look at his It may not. See, he's, he's got. Nine. Yeah, he, uh, chapter nine. What does the future hold? Okay, so we may start here and go through. He's got the rapture of the church. He's got the millennial kingdom right here. So here he's got this whole section. We're just going to highlight what he has to say about the millennial kingdom. Okay, and now we're going to do, a, if you have a PC, you'll do Control-C. If you have a Mac, you'll do Command-C, and you, you copy that. Or you could do a right mouse click and just copy that whole section. Now you come over here to your passage guide for Millennial, millennial Kingdom, and you click on Add, and you get a drop-down menu, and you can Add from Clipboard because we just copied that section to the clipboard. So I say copy, add from clipboard, and look at that. It just listed, it extracted all the verses from that section, and it put this into this document, and now I have a list of all the verses that Ryrie listed as part of the Millennial Kingdom. And then I can come back up, up, um, up here to sort. And if I click on sort, it sorts them into their biblical order. Now, I can go, for lack of time, I'm not going to do this, but I can go to Chafer Systematic Theology. I can go to uh, Dwight Pentecost. I can go to any number of other books and do the same thing. All I have to do is find the section on the Millennial Kingdom, highlight it, do a copy, come over, and I can add it into this list. Uh, by doing add and clipboard and when I get done I then go and click on sort and when you sort it it gets rid of all the duplicates and puts all those verses in uh, biblical order now what's really neat about that is that next time I come along and and right after we did this uh, with, with John a couple of weeks ago uh, I, um, I was teaching on something on the kingdom I said oh that's great I have a list of all these passages now on the Millennial Kingdom, it's going to be real easy for me to find the one that I wanted. And I didn't. Ha- I didn't do a search. I just pulled up the list and kind of skimmed through it because I knew it was in Jeremiah. And bingo, there it was. So that was that was very fast. But if I wanted to, I've got this list now. And if I wanted to uh, search it, I could close close that out and go to my search window here. And I'm going to search all the text in is that does that document show up is that, am I doing this right John it's the last category I got so much stuff. Yeah, I'm going I'm getting close. I'm in the A's. Can't C? you just type in passage list? Hmm? Can't you just type in P in order to get to the
1: P's? I might.
0: What a concept. What a concept. Mm-hmm. See I've just learned this recently, so I'm not all that try key ASS. Yeah. resources. No, that took me. What did I call it? Test Passages. Okay, that's right. You have a good memory, better than mine. Test Passages. No, that's not showing up. Did you save it? Yeah, it automatically saves. See, if you go to Documents, it's right there. So anyway, the bottom line is you can search that for, for spirit. It'll pull that, that passage list up, and you search that for spirit, and then you can find it. So you're searching a restricted list, and instead of having to go through a whole bunch of passages in the Bible that, that, that use the word spirit, you're now just searching for spirit in a specific gr- group of passages that are on that particular, that particular topic. Okay, any questions? Now, th- and this is the kind of thing. What I've got is I've got a, a, a lady who's helping me, and she's going through Chafer Systematic Theology and uh, Burkhoff because that's all she's got on her system. But she's going through every single category and subcategory of si- those systematic theologies and creating these passage lists for the attributes of God, for the Trinity, for the deity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, all of these, and we're creating all of these passage lists that we're then uploading to the past, pastor study group. Okay, John. I think the problem is you don't have Bible selected. You have basic. Oh, Select Bible. And then it should show in drop-down menu. Search all passages in. Click that little arrow to drop down. And it should be toward the bottom. Oh, here we go. Test. There we go. That's right. And so if I just type in... Spirit, and hit return, Isaiah 61.3. So if I'd hit Spirit and search the whole Scripture, now I think there's a couple other passages, but if we keep adding to it, we're going to build that out to a very large passage list that would be pretty, pretty much inclusive of everything in there. So, you, I hope you can see the value of that, but what happens is we share it, and then the next time you know let 's say I add to it and we 've got five hundred verses, and then John works on it a little more, and he adds something from another work, uh, it might add twenty more after you get to a certain point, you may think you 're adding four hundred verses, but you 've already got three hundred and fifty of them in there, so it only takes fifty uh, new ones, but it keeps adding and making that list larger so that's that 's really helpful so we'll we 'll send out i 'll put out a, a Piece of paper so you can sign up if you want to be a part of that, uh, that study group. Okay? Okay, that's about 45 minutes that I want to cover on Logos. We're going to, I'll come back in about 15 to 20 minutes and I'll start uh, with our introductory uh, announcements.